Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Wawachino podcast. If you listened to last week's episode with Regan, you will already be familiar with her. Today is part two, and we speak about being diagnosed with ADHD in your late 20s, coming out of a relationship, and learning how to not ignore that gut feeling that you have, navigating dating, being single, learning how to set boundaries within the dating scene, and how to not let guys walk all over you and use you for things like sex and how to navigate that because we had a few questions from listeners on that specific topic and just learning to be okay on your own. I think Reese has a lot to share and I got a lot out of this episode speaking with her so I know you guys will as well. I just wanted to quickly jump on before we get into the episode because obviously you might be seeing that I am releasing this episode on a Tuesday. As of now, I will be releasing my episodes on a Tuesday morning. If I do eventually start posting two episodes a week, I'll probably go back to Friday and make it a Tuesday, Friday release for my episodes. I just wanted to let you guys know so you weren't confused because obviously I've been doing Fridays for a long time, but it was time for a change. But yeah, enjoy today's episode and let us know what you think. Hi guys. <laughs> We're back. We're back. Welcome back to the What Would She Know podcast. If you listened last week, you would already know who I am. I'm Regan. This is Regan. <laughs> and this is Lily. I'm here. Still here. Luckily. We're doing a part two. Yes. And what did we speak about last week? We spoke about a lot of things. I don't know if it had any direction, but mainly about moving interstate or taking risks with your life. Yeah. Taking that leap of faith yes. and what it was being like for you moving into state and your challenges and how you overcome them and yeah. Yeah. But today we're going to speak about dating and what it's been like to come out of a long-term relationship and situationships and navigating communication and a bit of dating icks and all the fun things. All the fun things. And we're going to speak if we have time and if Regan obviously feels comfortable, we might touch on her experience with ADHD, a bit of a late adult diagnosis. I was the same. It's a lot to fucking go through. Well, I feel like we could even start with that because I think... Have you cried yet about it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Um, I think a big part of moving to Melbourne and meeting you, and just like my 20s really, has been coming to terms with the effects of ADHD in my adult life. And I think she still doesn't have her car license, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. If that's not ADHD, I don't know what. I just don't have the time. I just, I just I can't. can't. No, but um, a big part that has come up for me with ADHD is huh. in dating. Really? Yeah. The rejection sensitivity. Yeah. The just I don't know, like. It's been something where I'm like, what can I do to prevent myself from, you know, having that anxious attachment style? And I know that is a lot deeper than just ADHD, but a big part of it is, you know, yeah, the way someone and hyper fixating on a person, someone's session and love for someone when you have ADHD, it can be so much bigger and deeper, or you can go the complete opposite of. I don't have the capacity to reply. Just yes, everything about it's up, this it's down, overwhelms it's me. I can't. The... It's just that I can't remember what the the name of it is, but someone who has ADHD, the thought of doing something overwhelms them. For example, having a shower, you could be sitting there and being, I need to shake it to have a shower. But in someone's brain, it's not just thinking of having a shower and going having a shower. It's I've got to get up. I've got to get undressed. I've got to turn the tap on. I've got to get in the shower. I've got to wash my hair. I've got to wash my body. I've got to dry myself. That is way too much for me. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to stay on my phone. That's, mm. I can't remember what it's fucking called. See, ADHD, I've got brain fog. But that is an example and it's probably something that a lot of people struggle with, with dating as well if you have yeah. ADHD. But. And I feel like some people might not even realise that's the thing with ADHD is yeah. that, especially the hyperfixation. Girl, you don't know him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to tell myself that every day. You do not know him. Yeah. You don't know him. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> and the rejection, the RSD. Yeah. Hits different. 
It's debilitating. Yeah. It's diabolical. How did you know you had ADHD? I didn't, to no. be honest. Yeah. Until I lived with Bianca. Yeah. And Bianca's a very smart girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and she – I had a situ- – well, there's many things. But in particular, I had a situation where I cooked myself a croissant in the morning. Then thought, I'm going to go hang my washing out. Forgot about the croissant that I had put in the air fryer. And then my dad called me and asked me to go out for a croissant. <laughs> Do you think that triggered my memory that there was a croissant in the air fryer? No, it no. didn't. So I got ready and I went out and had a croissant and a coffee with my dad. And then Bianca went to use the air fryer for dinner two days later and the croissant was still in there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And she was like, do you think you – like, have you ever considered, like, going to speak to someone? Because the way you live your life is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she did we not say Trish. that. But oh, she, I wish she did. She, I would have loved she it. She pretty much said, <laughs> like, replied. yeah, you sh- like, have you ever considered speaking to someone about it? Because there's probably tools to help you manage your time better or some, whatever she, yeah. she would have said. But, yeah, there's just – it's my life's chaos, organized mm. chaos. I know what's going on. But from the outside, probably no one else knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Dissociating. Mm-hmm. Dissociate. Yep, you've seen that firsthand. Yep. Firsthand, have seen that. But yeah, there's a lot of things I think. You forget m- to eat. <sighs> yeah. I picked up on that. It's like you always forget to eat. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm eating at like 2 p.m. Yep. 2 p.m. I've eaten today. I had Me a too. smoothie for breakfast. Good. I'm a breakfast eater now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What are some of the other things what you was struggled your first- with? Oh yeah, well, how did I know? What did you ask me again? How did um, how did I know I had ADHD? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a lot of things. We could go into the whole symptom list mm. since I got diagnosed with severe ADHD. <laughs> did you get diagnosed with that? Hyper, was so triggering. Hyperactive or inattentive? High on both. Really severe. Capital letters. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I didn't. Get, I scored. I didn't I, get told I have. I wasn't on a. What's it called? Like met. there was no rating. He just said you have inattentive, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, I think I have both. High scored high on both. 100%. I think I had eight out of nine symptoms of one, and nine out of nine of the other, or something like. I got. I don't know. I can yeah. give you the report to read if you want. <laughs> Please. <laughs> ah. Um, but yeah, I think one of the biggest things and why I started going to therapy again was because dating and I think it's not fair on anyone to have to deal with my shit that I haven't dealt with when starting to date here here Regan that is amazing (laughs) I hope everyone listens to that and can think I need to go to therapy otherwise I'm going to project all of my shit onto the people around me Mm -hmm. and I think if I want to find that person or find happiness it starts with me. Yeah. So, it yeah. does. It does. And you can't pour from an empty cup either. Like, no. So, yeah. And there's only so much self-awareness that you can do on your own, right? Because I feel a lot of people won't go to therapy because they think they have it all figured out or they won't take it any further than their journal or meditating. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's really good a really good tool for you but mm. can you not sit here and reflect on these patterns or the things that you're struggling with because that was that's what pushed me to go back to therapy I was like okay I'm taking myself so far mm. I need to go and see a professional and I know not everyone can afford it and that's a completely different story and not everyone has access to it but if you can go absolutely Please. or a coach I'm absolutely loving the and time I'm with my coach at the take moment benefit Mm. of like I know a lot of workplaces offer like a free support 
like over the phone where you'll get like a certain amount of free sessions over the phone ask your companies about those and use them like if you need to give someone a call and just like have a session with someone rant about something just have a bouncing board of someone those tools are there for you and i think people tend to think like oh it's not that serious like it's like it is it doesn't need to be Mm. also yeah exactly but like use them you don't need to be at rock bottom to go to therapy if someone's offering you free therapy take it yeah please take it please take it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah pov someone's just told you that they don't believe in therapy what are you doing dating scenario dating yes yeah, i was gonna say dating. i thought you were talking about the situation that well that i was but i, I was can't like, i don't Lily. ever want to <laughs> make things too obvious you know what i mean <laughs> the, what the, the quote that i reposted today on my story have you seen it no i haven't i'll read it out to everyone for those playing at home it says fix the broken child in you so you don't break the child that comes from you i did read that actually this yeah. morning. so you were in a long-term relationship yes how long were you in this relationship for with this person um three years three years so and not hugely long but was still a decent still portion a long of my time. life yeah and you live with each other mm-hmm. what were some of the biggest lessons you learned from your breakup so the thing with like this relationship for me was like from when I was 21 to 24. Mm-hmm. So it was like a big portion of my life. And I feel like that period of your life, you do grow a lot as a person. Yeah. But I do think I learned more about the relationship once it had ended rather than actually when I was in it. It was more like reflecting back and being picking up on things that maybe I, I wasn't realizing at the time and um so the year after the relationship was probably the biggest for me and it took me a long time to kind you know although I ended the relationship so like I was fine emotionally with it being over because I had made that decision and it was my choice to have ended that relationship you still find yourself kind of you know when you think you're over it or you're Mm. past it like six months later certain things will hit you or like something will happen or someone might say something that like triggers a memory or triggers an emotion in you and you are like whoa maybe I'm not okay like that's affected me a lot more than I thought it would or and stuff still happens now where things will ick me out and I'm like oh that made me feel like you know yeah a certain way um but one of the things the biggest things I learned is trust your gut because after and like upon reflecting after the relationship, there was so many times that I knew that relationship wasn't right for me. But the people pleaser in me and the habit of biting my tongue and thinking that, you know, silence keeps the peace, yeah. that I wouldn't speak those feelings early on. So, you know. And the years go by so quick. So, you know, after you kind of bite your tongue a few times and you're like, oh, this relationship's just starting out. Like, let's see where it goes. You don't want to, like, be that girlfriend that's causing a fuss so early on. All of a sudden, it's been a year. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, oh, well, I've already invested a year in this relationship. Like, I've got to make it work. And then it's been two years. And, you know, but, like, I had so many times in my gut that I was just certain things would come up whether it's like a political view that we didn't agree on that I was like this is really important to me that we align on this but the conversation would be dismissed or I was picking a fight or I was I was made to feel like well why can't we have different opinions everyone has different opinions and it was like at the time I was kind of like oh yeah okay maybe I need to be accepting of this person's views but but it went against your morals yeah you need to really like just like take time to yourself and I think that's the other thing like I wasn't good at being alone so anytime I was alone and just like uncomfortable I would fill that time with seeing this person that Mm -hmm. is great obviously like I loved them at the time but I really needed that time to really sit with my feelings and be like, 
do you want this person to raise your children? Because those views that they're having or those habits they're doing or the way they live their life is going to get passed on to your kids. And just like, are you proud of that? Like the behavior they're, they're presenting or whatever, like, are you proud to tell your parents about it or are you a bit embarrassed? Yeah. Because it can be, I don't know, like they're a really nice person. And I think for me, the, the biggest lesson was just like trust your gut and take time to yourself to know is this person your person? Yeah. I think Maddie posted a TikTok the other day and she was like, ask yourself, like, would your husband do that? Yeah. No. Yeah. My husband would never. Yeah. Oh, she said something else. It was like a question. Would you want your mum or your sister dating this yeah. person? It sounds silly, but like... But it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I do catch myself saying that a lot of the time. Like, would my husband do that to me? No. Oh my God, that's wouldn't. such a good little... My husband would never. The gut thing is big for me. Yeah, like, I really... relate to that. And if your intuition knows and your gut knows. But if you ignore it, it's just going to keep growing. It's yeah. not going to go away. You can't run from it. It would literally just grow louder. Yeah. And what happens, imagine if you stayed in that relationship, you had kids right now. Well, that was our next step. Yeah. Like we had been together for three years and like after the first year or year and a half, two years, and then we moved in together after two years for a year, we lived yeah. together. And it was one of those things that I was like, oh, once we live together, it'll be better because we'll live together. Once we have kids, it'll be better. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. No, <laughs> it's not better. Like yeah. if you have that gut feeling that like if you catch yourself thinking, oh, is this my person? Sit with that and like really understand like what is it about the person that is making you hesitate or like making you feel that way? Because it could be something silly like, yeah. you know, they like soccer and you're not into it. Maybe like, not enough. To that's like, different. You yeah. can going back to the opinion thing like that. Yeah, you can have your different interests and opinions. But I said to Riggs earlier this morning, if your beliefs about things are like morally incorrect or things that aren't aligned with you morally, then I don't think that it will work because yeah. it just it goes against who you are as a person. And I think your morals are something you should always back. Like, obviously, the referendum's going at the moment, so we're yeah. talking about it. I know. I said and to Riggs this morning, POV, you're with the love of your life. They tick all the boxes. Everything's amazing, but they're voting no. <laughs> and Regan was like, absolutely not. I just couldn't. Like, this might be a bit controversial, but I get that people have their opinions, but I would need to sit down with the person and be like, this is really important to me that we align on this. And I think if they just, like were black and white, weren't here to hear what I had to say and it was just no, mm. I just couldn't. Like yeah. there is just something about that that I'm like, why? Yeah. Like I literally don't understand why. Yeah. And same with the smacking the kids. That was one. That R- was a big thing Did for your me. ex? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. But yeah, it's like what his dad did to him and like it scared them or, you know. They it, thought that it was okay behaviour. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just – I got hit too as a child and it was traumatising. So I hated I, it. Yeah. I still have memories of it happening to my brothers. and Yeah, it's not a nice no. feeling. And I think watching TikToks of gentle parenting, I oh, watch it's ama- I cry. I literally <laughs> cry. I know. I'm like that's – I want to be that so bad so because – I have so many memories, even as a child, of when I would lose my temper and I was just, like, not in control of my emotions and I would have a tantrum. Yeah. And, like, obviously my mom, my dad would also lose their temper. And I just want, like, when I think of being a parent, I really want to, like, think of how I can regulate my emotion and not take it out on a child. Yeah. Not that they did anything wrong. Like, we all, we you know. Yeah. I don't think my parents are listening to this, but I know I always get like, like worried I just, when I speak about my parents because I know my mum listens to it and she's very honest. Like, yeah. will like come forward with stuff and own her shit. And but I just like feel bad because would never want to make yeah, them feel not, bad because I know literally our parents. Like I say this all the time. As much as it wasn't okay for some of the things that they did, they only knew what they knew. Like back then, hitting 
was pushed by psychologists and, yeah. and doctors because it was what you had to do. And mind you, my parents didn't abuse me. Yeah, yeah, you know what I, I mean. Yeah, like, it was just but a, as a child, back over the bar. It was a yeah. It was <laughs> a wooden spoon. Yeah, it was like whoa. You know what I mean. Mm. And then like whatever, and it it might not even be the hitting, but even just the like. You've been naughty, go to your room. The naughty corner. Like things like that. It's, I do think of like how I deal, how well I deal with things on my own now. I'm like. I shut myself down. I go, go into my room. I try and deal with it on my own because that's, that's what, what I did my whole childhood yeah. and teenage years. Well, I feel like for me, I'm such a talker. Like yeah. if I have a disagreement with anyone, I'm like, hey, can we talk about it? I'd rather talk about it before I go to bed. Yeah. Like I'm a. That's good. I would love. I can't sleep. Yeah. If we haven't. I know that can also be bad. Some people want space. Yeah. I like to talk about it. But, yeah, I, I very much want to encourage my kids to, like, talk about it. You mad? 100%. Not bottle it up. Mm. That was a bit off topic. That was great chat. I can't even remember how we got onto that. Either. We were talking about dating. Yeah. It's been 22 oh, minutes. <laughs> no, I asked you what were some of the biggest lessons you learned from your long-term breakup? Yeah. Okay. No, but dating, okay. the political we, thing is a big thing. Yeah, yeah, we had a listener question, how to yes. navigate the fear of breaking up and thinking you're overreacting. I think she just means like yeah. you want to break up with this person, but I she think- might be made to feel like she's overreacting from the partner or she thinks that she is. Mm-hmm. Please take the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Once again... I am not a professional and everyone's situation is different. So obviously I can only speak to my own situation, how it felt and went for me. But I held on to my relationship way too long. Like when I think back, if there was, I don't regret anything in life, Mm. but if there was one thing that I would do differently, it was that I would have trusted my gut earlier. So I didn't invest as much energy and time into someone that did not reciprocate that. So trust your gut. Like if you're sitting there and you're thinking, hey, this is really bothering me, confront that. Like, and it doesn't need to be this big hurrah. Like just really understand like, why am I feeling this way? Is this important important to me? And is this something that I can put behind, like put behind me? Or is this something that is like, a deal breaker yeah. and I think there's a, a really important thing when you do make that decision if you are going to put something behind you because same with cheating like people cheat are they you know once a cheater always a cheater I know you did a podcast on it mm-hmm. if you decide to forgive someone or put something behind you that they've done you need to hold yourself to that yeah you can't say like yeah I'm willing to forgive you let me put that behind me but then every time you're having a disagreement in the future you're bringing it up yeah like you've really got to make the decision like is this something that I'm willing to put behind me or is this you know because you can't you don't have to forgive people if you don't want to and I think having the courage to end a relationship that isn't right for you is hard it's hard it's so hard it's so hard and I think you you even like if you don't want to necessarily either but you know what's the right decision like I think that is the most painful of pain ever and I think for me I was probably emotionally checked out of my relationship for maybe a year and a half girls do that I was actually speaking to someone on the weekend and she'd been with this person for like seven years and Mm. she said she knew a year that it was done before she actually did it and it was like horrible 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 like it I don't know. That's like, what I mean by the intuition. If you're having these thoughts and these feelings, they just they don't go away. They're not going to go away. They might get a little bit quieter, but then they're going to come back up and then, again and they're going to get louder. And I think the hardest thing for me, which might even answer this question, is a part of the thing for me is whenever I would talk about my feelings with my partner, it, the feelings were dismissed. So therefore I kind of – the conversation didn't go anywhere. It wasn't – it didn't validate my feelings. So then they would just like keep coming up and coming up and it would be a repeat of the same conversation and how my needs weren't being met and how what I needed from him and blah, blah, blah. And I would always say, and you know, if there's anything I can do to be better in this relationship, I want you to tell me. Like mm-hmm. it was a very open conversation and yeah. it was always, oh, I'm happy, like whatever. And I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Yeah. That's on me. Yeah. 
it's not this person's responsibility to change their shape to fit my mold. Yeah. Like that was on like it was one of the hardest pills pills to swallow was to be like, girl, this is on you. Yeah. And you've got to make the decision to leave. And like, you it- said something to me recently and it was something along the lines of I hope I don't butcher this, but you said you obviously were asking your partner to change for a very long time when we're obviously communicating your needs Mm -hmm. and you kept getting dismissed and things weren't changing or maybe they would change but maybe for like a few days for a few weeks and then when it came to you breaking up and knowing your worth that's when they the world changed the world changed they started doing everything that you wanted him to do and then that's when you turn around and you said to yourself I'm not staying because you have just proved to me how easy it was to give me this all along you sat there you watched me cry you watched me beg for the bare fucking minimum literally. I'm not staying with you because you've literally just proved how easy it, it was all along and I'm like Wow, Regan, put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> it makes me emotional to say even now. Like I've been single for two years and when I think back of that breakup and how like I didn't even plan for it to end and I think that's what's so scary is I was this person I was going to have children and own a home with. That was my next step and it literally was my dad calling me and saying, hey, are you happy? Simple question. Should have been a simple answer. But I was like, no, yeah, what do you mean? And he was just like, I just want to make sure you're happy because, you know, I observed you and -and so-and-so at dinner and I just want to make sure, like, you know, everything's okay. On your way. And it was just like a simple conversation. and, And I always battled in my head was like, you know, well, he's not abusive. He doesn't yell at me. He's not cheating on me. What do I have to be unhappy about? I know because as a society, we get stuck in that mindset of, because I feel like I've had this pressure myself Mm. of relationships aren't supposed to be easy. So I'm just going to excuse this behaviour. That is true to to a degree, but again, it shouldn't be that hard also. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it was a fine relationship. It was, it it was what it was. and It would have been one of those relationships where people stay because they're settling and they're not happy. Yeah. And then... You know. I could have easily stayed in that relationship for the rest of my life, but it wasn't what I... It, why settle? Yeah. Like, if you're not completely happy. And I think my dad literally saying to me, the, these are the words he said to me before he hung up the phone, you don't need to wait for something terrible to happen to leave. And literally, it was an epiphany. Like, it it was just one of those moments where I was like, no, you're right. Like, the fact that I'm just not happy is enough. Is enough. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't have to do anything wrong. It can end and end in a good way yeah. and end healthily and it just be what it was and we can part ways and it doesn't need to be this big, destructive, horrible ending. Yeah. So then we broke up and, yeah, he did everything I've ever asked in like the next month and it was like there's your sign girls (laughs) and it was one of those things where it was it would have been really easy for me to fall back into that oh my god this is so nice it feels you know this is everything I've ever asked for he's doing everything right but for some reason deep down inside of me the message it gave me was okay so you're showing me how easy it was the whole time I've been really good at communicating throughout this whole three-year relationship and you chose not to yeah you really chose not to yeah and that's fine that is fine and you will and this might be your lesson yeah that for the next girl you're going to put the effort in and you're going to know how important that is but I'm not that girl yeah it's not me and it won't be me yeah god bless god bless (laughs) We, we touched on if you're overthinking it because you're not girl if you've got that intuition, but how to navigate the fear of breaking up. I just okay. think always go back to journaling. Like journal and ask yourself the questions, what is it, the fear that you have? Is it the fear that, I don't know, maybe you have a dog with each other, what's going to happen with him or what's going to happen? You know, our families are really going to, uh, are really close. We're not going to have that connection anymore. Journal about it. And you can still have that connection. You're going to be okay. The dog is okay. He's going to be loved. Okay, well, 
I'm really scared to be alone. Well, like we said in the last episode, that's the work that you've got to do. Mm -hmm. Go back to all the questions, all the things you're afraid of. Ask yourself the questions, journal about it and reaffirm yourself that you are going to be okay and everything Mm -hmm. is going to be okay. Yeah. And I think it's it's a scary thing. But I think like... I kind of told myself I would rather be single for the rest of my life, like die alone, than waste my energy and my time on someone that it isn't reciprocated or respect, like simply respected. Yeah. Because you can, it's so easy just to allow that in your life. But why? Yeah. Why? Why? Literally. You can, you've got friends, you know, I've got amazing friends, friends that family. support me through and through, have all the time in the world for me. And I've got myself. So mm. like, what are you adding to my life to make it worth my while? Yeah. And that's not like a bad thing, but it's just like, I'm good. Yeah. And I'm struggling with alone time at the moment. But when I think it was Friday night, I was like, okay, I've been alone the past few nights I know I'm going to be home alone again tonight what can I do that's going to like fill my cup up and it's going to make me enjoy spending my time time with myself so I walked my dog I took him to a new park new location obviously Mm -hmm. spoke to different people I came home I had a bath it was so (laughs) nice I put a face mask on I dimmed the lights put the candles on I put one of those bath bomb relaxing things that you gave me yeah the way one (laughs) and is that how you pronounce it way yeah okay don't trust me to pronounce anything (laughs) and then I got out of the bath had my home cooked pasta that I made myself and I sat down and I created a vision board for my laptop yeah and it was just so nice and I watched some sex education and I went to bed and I had so much fun with myself just doing all the little things because I remember I used to love creating vision boards and I just had Mm. because I think Brit my housemate had a vision board on her laptop and I was like, I created, so creative. created one at the start of the year. Why is mine gone? Because when I shut my MacBook, it shuts off. It mm. doesn't save and mm. then I forget to redo it and stuff. But yeah, that's just a little tip if that's something you're struggling with, being alone. How can you spend, what are the things you love doing that can, yeah. it can be worthwhile and yeah, okay. And get a vibrator. Yes. Like, take the time to learn what you like. Exactly. Because I feel like as girls, we... That's a completely different topic. Yeah. Fucking the whole sex thing. It's really, it's the hardest thing. And I feel like being single since then and like learning how to speak up in the bedroom is a whole other thing. So get a vibrator, learn yourself, learn Mm -hmm. about yourself. Take the time to really get to know you Mm -hmm. and what you like, what you want. And have fun. Exactly. You are your, like, you're here all yeah. the time with yourself. You're the one person you always have. So, yeah. here, here. Makes me so, I, someone was speaking about it the other day on a podcast, just how girls have been conditioned to do the whole fake orgasm thing and not communicate what they want. And then as soon as the guy's finished, that's it. They just think that that's done then and there's no one else to pleasure. I was just like listening to it because I think it was a psychologist. I think it was Therapy Jeff. Do you know Therapy Jeff? I feel like He's I so listened to it too. Good. You probably sent it to me. He's so good. And they were just, yeah, they were talking about that and love that podcast. It's, I can't remember what it's called. It's with Therapy Jeff and her name's Sarah and she's a psychologist. What are your top tips for navigating dating when you've just gotten out of a relationship? So when you've first gotten out of a relationship, yeah. I think we've kind of mentioned it, but the first thing you need to do is learn you. Yeah. Take the you time. You need to do the work. Do the work. Yeah. And like if really know your per- like who you are as a person and what your needs are in that time after because casual sex might be the right thing for someone, mm-hmm. but other people can't. Like mm. that's not what's going to be healthy for them. I know for me... I dabbled in the casual world after a relationship probably wasn't the best thing for me because mm-hmm. I have ADHD and I have a fixate on people. Yeah. And well, even I did an episode on girls can tend to fall in love or put them on a pedestal because they release um, a hormone called oxytocin and it creates a bond more than what a male would. So it's it's so hard for females in that because not it's not the same for everyone, not won't happen for all girls and even guys it can be it can happen for them as well but yeah it's a 
it's a tricky fucking topic. And I think really be honest with yourself about what you're looking for. What's your intention? What's your intention? And if you are casually seeing someone, Mm -hmm. communicate it. Yes. Set boundaries. Don't let yourself fall into those toxic cycles. Don't let them stay the night if you can't handle them staying the night. Yeah. Tell them to pack their bags and, and leave. be off. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes having a kiss and a cuddle and waking up together, going to get a coffee is going to cause confusion. And that is okay. That's so normal. But you need to you communicate need, or boot com- them out. <laughs> yeah. Like you need to set those boundaries. Like if you know that's going to create confusion in your life, don't allow it to happen. Yeah. Although you might really, really want them to stay, send them home. Have that power, have that control and be like, hey, really had a good time with you tonight. I'm going to need you to (laughs) see ya. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. But like in a polite way, obviously make sure you communicate that with them previously and that you both are on the same page that this is casual. Do you have any tips for people who are navigating coming into the single era and dating and communicating and setting those boundaries? Would you recommend someone to do it earlier on or once you've seen them a few times when are we giving okay POV I'm a single girl just broken up with my boyfriend I'm going into the dating scene Mm. I know that I mean I can't say that I wouldn't I just don't know but let's just say it's been maybe a few years after my relationship I'm going into the dating scene I'm dating for the intention of finding a partner I'm not dating for something casual would you recommend me communicating that early on how how are we doing this Early on, after I've met them a few times on the first date, what would you kind of recommend? It, I think it's so hard because the apps yes, are such apps. a big thing the fucking apps. at the moment. I personally would feel a little bit... Are you bit, on the apps? I'm on the apps. Sorry. Well, I'm on Hinge. Yeah, okay, so... Um, um, I personally would feel a bit weird if, like, on Hinge someone was like... Oh, just so you know, I'm looking for something serious. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Let's not do that. Well, I don't know. Up to you. But yeah, I would go on the first date mm-hmm. and just see where it goes. I don't think there's any rules. And how are you to know if you want something to be serious or casual with someone if you haven't met them? That's true. I think it's really about getting to know. And I think it's not even about... I don't know. It, it looks yeah. differently for everyone. Sleeping like, yeah, with someone on the different. first date versus not sleeping. It doesn't yeah. determine anything. There's I no think, rule book. Yeah, mm. I think after the first date, if it goes well and you think like, oh, I've got, you know, a genuine interest in seeing, getting to know this person more, you could always ask. Mm-hmm. I think asking on the first date is honestly good. Like, get it over and done with. When was your last relationship? What are you looking for? Yeah. It's like, Bam. That's you're going to get your answer. Then yeah. you're not going to be sitting there not knowing. Yeah. If someone asked you that and was direct on the first date, how would you feel? Great. I've been asked that on the first date before. Yeah. And you like I can't it. even picture how I answered. I don't know. But I definitely try. I ask that on the on dates. Yeah. You know, when was your last relationship? It depends if it comes up naturally. Yeah. As well. Like I'm not just like interrogating. Yeah. Someone. But I think just asking when someone's last serious relationship was is good to know because... Yeah. Do you have any other tips for navigating the dating scene? Have fun. It's not that serious. You're just meeting people. We're on a floating rock. We're on a floating rock. I go into every date just almost like I'm meeting a friend. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just going out for drinks with a friend. It's fun. I don't like to put the pressure on myself of, is this person going to like me? Because honestly, it's about if I like them. Mm -hmm. I think that's something I try and remind myself. Like... Do I like them or am I too worried about if they like me? Really sit there. Do you like them? That's Are they someone good, you... That's a good mindset to have. Yeah. Look on it. yeah. It wasn't like that in the beginning. I definitely had my fair share of like, oh, I've got to be this perfect version of myself to make sure this date goes well. Yeah. And now I just like, oh, that's good. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. I think I, I, it might have been Mads, but I saw a TikTok and it was a girl. She was saying if you're someone who stresses, like you've just gone on a first date and they've kind of like pulled back or something and then you start worrying, oh, my God, do they not like me? And it's like, hang on, ask yourself your quest, the question of do you actually like them? Like yeah. how did you find that date? Like what did you like about them? And, yeah, 
I kind of gotten to the point now where I don't like to talk on Hinge or on Instagram or Vitex before the date. Mm-hmm. Like, don't ask me how my day is every day. I don't know you. You shouldn't care about my day every day. You don't like small talk like that? Well, no, I don't yeah. know you. Yeah. Like, I, you don't know me yet. So, like, you really don't care about how my day is. You're just trying to make trying conversation. To make conversation. Yeah. And you would rather, like, talk I about would, that stuff in person, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to get to know you over message. Like, I want to yeah. get to know you in person. So, to me, I kind of just say now, like, oh, yeah, really looking forward to Friday. I'll speak to you then. Yeah. And then I, like, kind of set that tone myself because then if they're not messaging me every day. So, say if the roles were opposite mm-hmm. and you said, oh, my God, yep, see you Friday. And then they didn't message you the next day. You're thinking, oh, do they still want to go on that day? Mm. I'm worried. Is it still on? Is it not? Do I message them? They haven't messaged me. If he wanted to message me, he would. I hate that saying. And then, <laughs> and then, but you saying, yeah, absolutely, really looking forward to Friday. I'll message you on Friday. Yeah. You've set that tone that they're not going to message you until Friday. And the boundary. And the boundary. So then on Friday, it's okay for you to then message them. We're still on for tonight because you've said that you will message them on Friday. Yeah. And then if it's not on on Friday, if they're like, nah. See ya. Sweet. Yeah. Going back to what you just said there, if he wanted to, he would. What's your opinion on that, Reeks? I have mixed opinions. I'm currently in the dating world. Mm -hmm. So I've obviously been speaking to Lily, Hannah, my other friends about my situations and something that comes up so often in that conversation is if he wanted to he would I'm definitely guilty of saying it and to a degree I completely I completely agree if he wanted to he would but I want to and I'm not so why am I holding him to this standard and Mm -hmm. I think it comes back to like the social norms that we've grew up with that we don't ever make the first move as women as We don't make the first move or, you know, we don't pay on the first date, blah, blah, blah. All of those things that it's just this expectation that we should sit patiently and wait for them to speak. Mm -hmm. And I think that has caused a lot of pain in my life in that I haven't felt confident enough to speak up because going back to keeping quiet, keeps the peace yeah and it doesn't it actually yeah. causes chaos in my mind yeah. when I don't speak my feelings in a chaos and a situation happened or oh, a few months ago now but where I was ghosted mm. whoa it was traumatizing at the time I really liked the guy it was going well I thought you know it was mutual and then bam ghosted ghosted nothing And I was literally so taken aback from this situation. I was like, whoa, I did not expect that from them. I wouldn't have, you know, Mm -hmm. thought that this is where this would have gone. And all my friends were like, if he wanted to, he would, like, done. Like, you should cut this person out of your life completely. Like, so disrespectful. Mm -hmm. That, like, blah, blah, blah. And I 100% agreed with everything they were saying. But in my gut, I was like, but if I was speaking to Lily... And we were mid-conversation and we spoke every day and we're best friends and you didn't reply to my text for a week. I would message you and be like, hey, you good? Like, what's happening? Yeah. So, you know, when I... Not just assume that, like... Not just assume you're cutting me out of your life and, like, it's this be-all, end-all thing. So I got up the courage and I double messaged. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Very proud of you. And it just, like, it wasn't, you know, it hasn't changed the world. Like, we're not dating, we're not anything now. But in the moment, it gave, one, him the opportunity to speak how he was feeling. And it gave me closure in that moment that I wasn't kind of wondering in my head, like, what happened? What was it that, like, turned him off? What did I do? What did I say? Mm -hmm. It was an opportunity for us to have a conversation about where this was going, how we were feeling in the moment. And I think it is exactly what I needed in that moment. So I think we shouldn't sit and wait. We should 
you know, not yeah. be afraid to we're, – we're on a floating rock. Yeah. Ask someone out on a date if you want to ask them out on a date. Like, 100%. Speak your feelings. Set the boundary. Do what you need to do. But I don't think – if he wanted to, he would. If yeah. you wanted to, you would. Don't always rely on that saying because I think there is truth in that. And if there's like a pattern of this, you're not getting fulfillment. Exactly. Or like things aren't going the way that you had hoped or like you're getting let on or whatever. Or he's not making an effort. And there's a pattern of that 100%. If he wanted to, he would. But also me saying that. What if this person's like got something ongoing behind the scenes? I don't know their mental health isn't the best that it's ever been or like there's family issues or maybe they've just lost their job like at the end of the day you don't actually know what's going on so exactly what Regan's just said she's communicated and she's kind of gotten her closure yeah and I think you should always do that before assuming the whole if he wanted to he would because like Regan said she wanted to but she wasn't doing it because we could dive into the psychology of why Regan's wasn't doing that because again she was <laughs> a whole trying to keep episode. the peace like the whole people pleasing <laughs> Like it was hard for you to communicate certain things. Mm. You wanted to, but you didn't. Mm. We just maybe didn't know the extent of why that was happening. So we shouldn't Mm -hmm. assume. So, yeah, I think it's a really tricky topic. And I do want to say if he wanted to, he would. Like 100% (laughs) if he wanted to, he would. Like going back to my past relationship as well, like babes, exactly if he wanted to he would have and yeah. he didn't and he chose not to like yeah completely understand. i just said it's not a black or white answer yeah. if he wanted to he would yeah yeah but we also maybe need to hold ourselves accountable mm-hmm. and if we want to we should yes how to deal with men just wanting you for sex this is the last question okay this was sent in by a listener so how what was it how to deal With men just wanting you for sex. So I feel like this goes back to kind of what we were talking about when you exit a relationship, but also just in general. You shouldn't feel like someone's just wanting you for sex unless you haven't created that boundary yourself. Because if you haven't done your part in communicating that you want something more than just casual sex, it's not really on them to read your mind. Yeah. So I think... Like I said, in every relationship, whether it's serious or casual, it's a relationship and a a relationship deserves respect. It should have boundaries and it should be, yeah, there should be communication involved and it should be like, I don't know if consensual is the right word, but like you're both wanting the same thing. Like you're both consenting to to entering a relationship that is on casual terms. Yeah. So I think like, if you're feeling that way and you're feeling used and you're feeling like your feelings aren't being validated or your what you want out of this relationship isn't being fulfilled, mm-hmm. have you communicated that with them? And it yeah. can be the hardest. Or even with yourself, like, do you know what your intention you know is? What you like, want? Yeah. If you're asking like the question of how can I not be used with guys for sex? Well, clearly you're not dating for the intention of something casual like then yeah it goes back to what Regan said with establishing the boundaries and communicating and otherwise really think because like I've had conversations about recent situations I've been in and I don't want I I'm not a casual girl I really struggle with casual relationships Mm -hmm. because my feelings do get hurt and that's fine sometimes and I've and I've done casual it's normal we have as a society they're pushing for the fact that you shouldn't feel that way after of course you're going to it's inevitable for most people because it's a natural yeah and I think in some casual relationships I've been fine yeah but you've really got to establish with yourself like I don't want to date this person this person is not my person Mm. we get along really well blah 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 it is fine but I don't see myself in a relationship with this person so you can kind of have that barrier to -hmm. like stop yourself from getting feelings and you might not want to go get coffee with them in the morning or whatever it may be yeah what was the question (laughs) How to stop it for sex. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, think to yourself about, you know, what you're wanting out of this relationship. And if you're feeling like... (laughs) And you're sticking your feet under the table. (laughs) If you're feeling like you're being used, like, I hate that people feel this way. And, like, we've all felt that way. 
but just like you really need to like take a moment and be like let me understand what I'm looking for out of this relationship Mm. and I'd listened to a podcast the other day I can't remember what it was called I think I sent it to you so if you remember it's that relationship advice guy on TikTok no um is it therapy Jeff no it's not therapy Jeff I don't think so you see bald he's definitely got hair but he's kind of like bald in the middle (laughs) no Uh, I think I know who therapy Jeff is it's not him it's like a younger guy okay no and he said that the biggest mistake you can do when dating is asking someone like, oh, like, where do you see this going? And he was and it really resonated with me because you tend to do that, right? Because it's the easiest way, because the confusion is that we can't read their mind. Mm-hmm. But in reality, we should be saying, hey, this is what I'm looking for and what I want out of this relationship. You can either meet me there or you're not my person. Yeah. And kind of being confident in saying this is what I'm looking for. And then where's your head out? How are you feeling about this? Mm -hmm. They can obviously meet you there or they're going to be like, hey, I'm not ready for that. This is where I'm at. And then you've got your answer. But I feel sometimes if we say, you know, where do you see this going? Or It takes your power away. It takes your power. And as people pleasers, we tend to go, okay, that's fine. we want to control, yeah. And then we just go along with what they want. Yeah. Where really we should be setting the tone on what we want. Well, guys, that is the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed part two. Thank you so much, Riggs, for coming on. Fucking hell, that was the Thank second Thank you for one. having me. We have spoken for two hours today and I could have <laughs> yeah. easily kept going. Yeah. You're an absolute pleasure. Doll. Stop. Love you so much. Love you too, doll. And, yeah, we will. Surely you've got to come back for another one. Oh, of Another course. F- I feel like we have plenty of things to yes. talk about. We'll need to get Hannah here as Hannah well. Hannah will come in because, because she has travelled the She hasn't travelled into state. She's done the whole, I'm leaving my hometown, but I'm going to live in different countries. And she's been fucking everywhere. And she also left a long-term relationship and yes. she did it on her own. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. And left her dog. Yeah. Her pug. <laughs> the pug. pug. <laughs> Don't. I could yeah. never leave my dog. No, takes a lot. And she's you know, thriving. She fucking is. She's absolutely thriving. And she is one of those people that she is so okay. Oh, she is. by and herself she, doing She will her constantly thing. remind you of that as well. Yeah, she needs to come on. She needs yeah. to remind the girls that they're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. The girls and the boys. Yep. Um, okay, don't bye. forget to like and subscribe. Review and oh. subscribe. <laughs> yes, Regan was right. And... If you like listening to this episode, take a photo of it, put it to your stories, tag us at what would she know pod at Regan Marie. How do you spell it? With two N's. Two N's. And yeah. Hope you have the beautiful rest of the week. Love Remember, ya. nothing changes if nothing changes. Slay.